Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the madness, the multiverse of Wabamness. For We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast talking Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. It's multiverse of microphones. Dr. Wabam in the multiverse of microphones. <laughs> in the mike verse of of botness. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Uh my name's Ernest and with me is an old pal, a longtime friend, Brett. How you doing? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. To be you here, were last be here. on for uh, Jumanji. Jumanji. And during that episode, we, um, I said that you were, it was like your eighth time on the show. I think it's right. like double that. I think the no. real number, this is, yeah. I think this is like your 15th time on the show. Cause I went the, back and counted. There's no way. Really? Yeah, yeah dude. I thought I'd been on like six times. No, no, dude. You you are a long, long time returning guest. So wow. I mean, you're at this point, we could start like our own uh podcast within the podcast, which is basically what we're doing, right? Right. Now. So, guys, welcome to the Brett and Ernie show. Welcome. Yeah, <laughs> no Hunter and Drew. Uh, Drew has not watched this movie. I don't think he has any interest in watching any Marvel movie post endgame. Um and Hunter was not a huge fan of this. I think he liked it. I think he was um, confused. Yes, yeah, and like, was why isn't um, Bronco Henry in this? I well, he that. was. He was there somewhere. There's some reality where he exists here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so I think I think Hunter Hunter's the big Raimi uh, fan. Sam Raimi, uh, okay, fan of the podcast. So. I think that his feelings on the movie are more colored by like how this movie in some ways, I don't know. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but in some ways might be like a little bit of watered down Raimi because he's a huge, like evil dead fan. Um, so he was okay. I think he's seeing uh, John Mulaney right now. So he's got bigger things. to do. Well, you know what? I'll put words in his mouth. He said he loves Bruce Campbell. Mm. He thinks Bruce Campbell's super, super cute. He wants to marry Sam Raimi. Um, Sam Raimi. Quote him on that director of this movie uh back after many many years sitting out uh directing entirely he last made a movie called oz the great and powerful which came out in 2013 so nine years since we had a sam raimi film and of course um i think best known for the spider-man trilogy with toby Maguire, as you can see from my background zoom background here uh paying homage to the king and the king is back with this movie um couple other little tidbits here it is written by michael waldron who uh did the loki show on disney plus wow um, okay so a little bit of connective tissue there already within the the mcu and it is the I believe 28th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is insane. <laughs> and we're in we're in phase four right now, right? Right. So that's that's kind of where I wanted to start the discussion a little bit before we um 
before we actually talk about the movie. So we had you on for Loki. We talked about Loki and we talked about WandaVision. That's um, right. So we did both full episodes on that, but we didn't do episodes on uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Hawkeye, and now Moon Knight. So I wanted to ask you, like, did you watch those shows? How did you feel about them? And also some of the other phase four movies like uh, Shang-Chi, Eternals. Uh, what else what was phase four? Spider-Man. I think that's it. Spider-Man. So oh, Black Widow. How could we forget? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll start with um, with the shows, right? So WandaVision, I was really into. We talked about that. That was great. Loki, I was really into. Both uh, Hawkeye and uh, Winter Soldier, I didn't finish either of those. Oh, wow, and you bailed. So, you know, what, what attracts me to these stories is like the gravitas and the fantasy drama aspect of it. So when it comes to Black Widow, Hawkeye... Winter Soldier, there's less high fantasy. And I am much less interested in those. Not that I'm, you know, I'd still like to go back and watch those, but I'm not going to like spend my time going back to those. You know, Loki, all that reality bending stuff I love. Same with WandaVision, all the magic. I'm super into that. Shang-Chi I was into, you know, for the same reason. Um, What's his name? Simu Liu, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah leading person in that movie I thought did a great job. I think he's like a great addition there, but I did watch Moon Knight again because we're back to high fantasy. So mm-hmm. we don't have to we don't have to spend like a whole episode on that, but I did really like that. Holy shit, Oscar Isaac is awesome in that show. Yeah, he rules. I love where that's going. What did you think? So, I'm at a point now where I'm starting to feel the 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 fatigue a little bit. There's mm-hmm. like the oversaturation of these, the the endless kind of drip, drip, drip of the Marvel machine is starting to wear on me a little bit. And I didn't love Moon Knight. I ended up like liking it overall because Oscar Isaac's performance is like really good. Um, you know, he's put in the work. Ethan Hawke is putting in the work. But like overall, I didn't feel like it just kind of, you know, satisfy me in any meaningful way. Same thing with Hawkeye. Like I liked it, you know, I enjoyed it week to week. I, I would have a good time putting on the episodes. Um, but I didn't feel like it just kind of like, you know, it didn't give me like any type of deeper experience or anything like that. Um, with the movies, Uh, um, I love Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man, uh, you know, obviously that's a movie that like, is the perfect example of uh, these movies as like amusement park rides, which is kind of like the point that uh, everybody <laughs> in like the fandom nerd space just eviscerated Martin Scorsese mm-hmm. for, who's like right. an 80 year old man. Why would you expect him to like any of these movies? But the, his whole point is that like, these aren't really like movie. These aren't like, this isn't cinema in the traditional sense. This is like a, a delivery of like excitement, much like a theme park ride. I think that Spider-Man did that incredibly well and still was able to tell a story. It had like a story about Spider-Man that was like true to the character. So I think that that one 
is like kind of best case scenario in phase four here. I think that all the other ones like Black Widow and um, Shang-Chi, they both felt kind of very stock Marvel. Like this is just, this is the template and it works and we can plug it in and we can, and we know that we can make something good with this well, like, I, tried and true template. I agree that Shang-Chi fit the template. We had a great amusement park ride. Um, I think it's just really about how the people fit into this team, which isn't right. really the Avengers anymore, right? It's just right. this team. Black Widow was kind of an atrocity in my eyes, and I don't <laughs> think it. I don't think there was an attempt to fit it into a formula. I think that whole thing was just a mess. It felt dated. I think that that's like a movie that was kind of like Phase One, a Phase One movie that never happened. Yeah, and still would have been bad in Phase One. Spider Man, I'm a little lower on after the fact. Because of just how like the fan service kind of sits with me, similar to like the recent Star Wars movies. Overall, like it was good. I love anything with Doctor Strange. I'm a big uh, becomes fan, as I call him. But when it comes to MCU fatigue, I know where mine is going to come from, and it hasn't hit quite yet. Because going back to me and what I want is the high fantasy. So I've been sitting and waiting for this movie that we're talking about today for a long time, right? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, right? You know this is going to go crazy high fantasy. So what my brain is waiting for and what I'm looking for in these movies is getting mentions of these like large-scale characters. So going back to Eternals, right? We got Star Fox in the end credit scene of Eternals. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ooh, that's that's the stuff, right? That's what I want to see is just those little tidbits of things that keep me going which is exactly what disney wants right so there's going to be a point where we get some of that stuff and i might just be crushed under my own expectations i I don't think that's going to happen because i think they're going to take these future movies really seriously like the really big ones we saw what they did with infinity war and Endgame. those were really satisfying still so I'm, i'm not too worried and i don't feel too fatigued at this point well so with Eternals, I think that a lot of people really hated that movie. Like that movie got, I think it, it has like the the only rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes of any MCU movie. Okay. Um, but there's something about it that I really appreciated, even if it didn't work. I, I know that a lot of that movie doesn't work, but there's something about it that didn't feel like stock Marvel. That it felt like they were, you know, they got Chloe Zhao, who is this very particular kind of like really humanistic filmmaker to do the story about like immortal beings. And there's something about it that just felt like kind of off the the, the template a little bit that I really appreciated. It, it, it missed a lot, but it was at least going for big swings. And not all of them work, but it, it was at least going for something. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie, about Doctor Strange. I think this movie has a lot of a much, much better hit rate than Eternals. Um, More of it works than doesn't in terms of like the big swings that it's going for. Eternals, I think is like mostly misses with some hits, but it's it's an interesting comparison point because now post Endgame, I think that they're giving these directors a chance to maybe explore things outside of the stock Marvel, Marvel uh, template. 
because the thing that I love about, about this movie, Dr. Strange is that it feels like a Sam Raimi movie. Like they let him do his thing. They let him go off. There are some questionable story choices, but I think that some of those might not necessarily be him. I think that they might be the writer or, you know, kind of the Feige, like kind of overlord this uh yeah this uh uh war table right with all the pieces and and i get that and you make a really important point and i think we'll talk more about this later of the role of the director in these movies and how it coincides with feige's plan and disney's producers um yeah that's the big takeaway from this movie i don't think that's a spoiler is that this is a sam raimi movie you're watching a sam raimi movie like yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that, and then we'll get more into that in the spoilers. Yeah, I mean they they it just has a visual style to it that usually these movies don't have. Like the the Russo brothers, for as good as their movies are, you know, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. The the visual style of those movies are very stock Marvel house style like you know there 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 practically isn't a style you could argue it's just like you know we're gonna we're gonna do this in a way that's like tried and true and there are moments like there are definitely moments specifically when you're looking at shots in those movies that are like completely um computer generated that are gorgeous but when you're looking at actors that are filmed in front of a blue screen there is just there's this very gray concrete look to a lot of the Russo stuff. And there is a little bit of that in this movie, but I think by and large, Raimi knows how to film good looking shots with actual shadows and actual like good lighting and good framing and in 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 practical sets. And that gave me so much joy during this movie, seeing that, seeing that like, man, they really gave this man the ability to actually like do his thing as a director and like put like a real visual flair on the film. Um, and it's, it just, it brought me so much joy. Um, so any other kind of overall feelings on the movie um, before we actually jump into spoilers? Overall feelings, yeah, in general, um, like I said, I'm a big Benedict Cumberbatch fan. I just, I love Doctor Strange. That's just, he's I, I, he's got to be my favorite Marvel character. I just love the idea of bringing magic into this world, right? It's not quite Hulk or Captain America, sort of, here's how you got your powers. I, I think Doctor Strange's backstory is really impactful. We have all these Marvel characters are really going through it, right? And we've seen that with Doctor Strange. So how does he handle it in this movie? Tune in to find out. Okay. Um, So we both like the movie. We both recommend it. I think this this movie is is pulling in a lot of big money. I think it's already made like a billion half a half a billion dollars at the worldwide box office so you've probably already seen it but if for some reason you haven't and you don't want to get spoiled this is your chance to go see it and then come back um spoilers for dr strange 2 right now okay 
so I kind of want to go in uh, in order of the uh, the events of the movie. But um, before then, I just want to reiterate a couple of specific things about like the Raimi style that I was talking about. The the kind of schlocky gore that he brings is so perfect. Like the sequences of intense, I mean, this, this people are saying this is a horror movie. I, it has horror elements, you know, like the, 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 the camera work and the jump scares and things like that. I wouldn't call it like a full on horror movie, but the scenes where it does do that, the Illuminati sequence, the, the Wanda chase through the sewers, um, there, the, the whole climax at the end with, the the zombie strange like that is some rainy shit and it is so so satisfying to see um it feels like a comic book you know it, mm-hmm. there's so much of this movie that like it captures that energy of like oh yeah the illuminati can just pop up uh and then you know all get killed immediately <laughs> like that that is like what i love to see and shit like this to capture that spirit of like you pick up a comic book uh and you you are going into it like not really knowing what to expect maybe you know the 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 writer that's jumping into this arc or the artist that's jumping into this arc and seeing what they do with these characters that you know that's kind of like the spirit that i got from so much of this movie and and that's what makes this movie so special and what we're going to look back on is you get all of that, whatever formula they put together, where they said, we need these story beats, we need these things to happen for this movie to work. And then you have this injected Raimi serum that you really feel as you're watching this movie and it gives it so much character. I think that's a good way to put it, that it gives it that little bit of campiness. Like you're- Yes. It's, I'm very surprised that, I mean, I definitely left that movie very surprised at how Raimi it was. We're going to keep talking about that. But I continue to ask myself, like, Disney really let that happen? Like, if you, if you consider these horror elements of like, you know, maybe a jump scare, whatever it is, you might see one of them in those other Marvel movies. But here, if, if you did a count, you know, there's like, there's like dozens, you know, of these little, these little horror things that happen. Right. Right. And I think that that's kind of what keeps me uh, on the positive side of this movie, because there are a lot of things and we can start off at the beginning. I think the beginning chunk of this movie is kind of bad. Like this opening section with Defender Strange and America Chavez uh, being chased by this demon and trying to get to this book. I think that that could have been done so much better. I think that it, it again has that, that spirit, right. Of like, we're jumping in right into the middle of the action. It's, it's just like a comic book. Like you open it first page, you're in the middle of an action sequence. Like, I love that, but there are a lot of moments where I felt like, uh, I just wasn't connecting with it. You know, like I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I don't know. Like I didn't have an understanding of like why I should care about this, about these specific characters that I'm seeing. And this is <laughs> this is a moment in the movie where 
there's some really terrible green screen work. And I was talking to a friend of the pod, Harry, who saw this in IMAX 3D. And he said he didn't notice any shitty green screen work at all. So maybe it was just my specific theatrical experience. But there are some moments uh, when, you know, you're seeing all the awesome, cool action, just like really dazzling. And then you cut to like a shot of one of them talking. And it's like, I was just like taken so out of it. Like, man, this right. this really looks like somebody standing in front of a green screen. And of course you're going to have that with this movie. Like it's unavoidable for these movies to have that type of stuff be seamless. But I don't know, like we've seen, we've seen things that are better. Like, and we know how much money is being put into these movies. The thing is that like, they just have to rush to this release date. And I can't help but think about that sometimes, you know, when I see a shot that just like doesn't look good. And then we get to the, um, the wedding and same kind of deal, you know, where there's just like this kind of TV quality look to some of these shots. I think when the movie kind of springs to life for me is the moment where Dr. Strange dives off the building and like transforms into his suit and goes to fight that. Oh, that uh, that was really, that was really cool. I can't remember the name of that character that, that uh, like demon that Wanda summons to fight there. Um, but, but yeah, I, you know, one of the biggest things coming into this that, that I was thinking about is how are they going to get everybody on board with the multiverse stuff? So like people who watched WandaVision ahead of this have a little bit of a step up on what, what might go down here. But I I like that the movie opened with an alternate reality strange with America. So what this movie does really well is giving you the little details and not wasting any of the details. Is, is what it feels like like the, all the also her the power the visualization of her power i thought was great it's so cool she's so, punches so cool. star-shaped holes in the multiverse in the multiverse to jump from different universes like that's so crazy <laughs> it's really really cool and you i mean you immediately they're really good about this like getting you to kind of feel for these characters like right away Right. You get even just a little bit of information you get about and I, I, I'm not sure the actress's name, but I thought she did a really great job as a new as a young newcomer to this. I thought she did like a perfectly fine job. Um, I think her the way you pronounce it is Sochi. Yeah. Sochi Gomez. OK. Yeah, it's like a weird spelling, but it's just Sochi. Yeah, I liked her. I think that. A lot of what she, her character has to do is a little bit of a disservice to her. Um, Cause I think her performance is good. You know, she has to keep this kind of youthful energy. She doesn't mm-hmm. know how to use her powers throughout the course of the film and has to have this, this dynamic with strange where, um, you know, he kind of has to be a little bit of a guiding parental figure kind of deal to her. And I think they do that well, but she does get stuck being a little bit of like a MacGuffin, you know, where Wanda's trying to extract the power from her and trying to get to her. And she becomes more of like a plot device than an actual character. And that was one of my biggest, biggest gripes with the movie is that they didn't find a way to better communicate this character as a character. I think it's like 
first she's a plot device second she's a character 100 they do that yeah i get for, for me it's it's hard for me to look at uh these movies in a vacuum in fact I, I don't really do that at all so what what gets justified in my head is okay this character is like a plot device or they're they don't have a lot of screen time so they're going to get that screen time in the next episode which is like effectively you know the next movie right so whenever right. she comes back you know she uh she'll have a better grasp on her powers and blah 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 right so that's that's how i rationalize that but yeah. you're absolutely right i mean she's a huge part of this movie is the thing it's not like it's not like um you know like black panther and uh spider-man in civil war where they kind of come in and they you know they do their thing and they kind of wow you for the moment of the movie that they are but that movie's still very much a Captain America Iron Man movie. Yeah, I think I think like Marvel's matured past that. What what do you think about this this dynamic of Strange in America that we continue to get with Strange and Spider-Man or Iron Man and Spider-Man, right? Like this yeah. this adult and child who doesn't understand their powers in life. Like is is a, su- a successful venture for them to keep yeah. doing this? I think the best one was Iron Man and Spider-Man and homecoming i think that really worked really well especially because like they keep the focus on spider-man like iron man really isn't in that movie that much he just kind of comes in when he needs to right to be that kind of guiding figure that kind of uncle ben sort of figure um and with this and home or uh no way home um it's funny because originally this movie was supposed to come out before no way home so we actually would have gotten an introduction to that dynamic with strange uh, and a, and a kid with this movie with America. And so it's weird, like now with the COVID delays and everything to have it be flipped around where we actually got that dynamic first with no way home with him and Peter. Um, so it kind of feels like a little bit of like a retread of that a little bit, maybe. Um, so I don't know which one I prefer. I mean, I think that in, in, in no way home, you don't see them like together that much. It's more so at the beginning uh, and then strange kind of disappears and comes back at the end of the movie. Um, In this movie, you actually get like more of an extended dynamic throughout the course of the movie, which I think is good. And I think uh, Cumberbatch does a good job at kind of, embodying the character in that way because at the end of the day dr strange from the comic books is like this kind of he's not the type of guy who's going to want to deal with the kid he's going to be kind of like a dick he's going to be like a little bit of an asshole you know and i think he does that right. really well um he's a bit of an asshole and he's you know it's all about the logic and, and yeah. this and that and the way this this movie goes over all the different strangers that kind of act all the same is really right. interesting yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. So the next chunk of the movie is when we're introduced to Wanda. So what did you think of this this section here where uh Strange goes to talk to her and it's revealed that she's like full just evil uh okay. Scarlet Witch. Uh, a couple of thoughts here. Um one thing I I really like here. So just just a little bit of a non sequitur as we get into this part is like I said what I'm looking for here is like this Doctor Strange movie where magic is fitting into our world or like the MCU's version of our world. 
And I really like at this point in the movie how they make a distinction between this different type of magic. So you have like the mystical arts taught at the Comartage, and then you have like all the witchcraft stuff from WandaVision. And Doctor Strange is like, these are two separate things. Yeah. Those aren't those aren't runes or those aren't whatever it was, right? There's like some some letters written on the tentacles that let them know this is witchcraft. So I thought this sequence was kind of ridiculous that Strange is like, oh, better go to Wanda. Like, no way she's the bad guy. Like, nothing yeah. occurred to him that this could be the wrong choice. I, I was not on board with, with him in that moment at all. I like the fact that we're not spending time with repeating Wanda's arc from WandaVision. Sure, sure. Um, that right away, as soon as as soon as we're introduced to her, basically like we spend no time. There's like maybe like one or two scenes where we think that she's like, you know, basically fine. And then it's revealed like, oh hell no, she's not fine. Um, and I think that as the movie goes on, you do see a lot of repeated beats from WandaVision because they kind of have to do that because not everybody saw that show and they don't know, you know, what she went through. Um, and I, I, you know, they, I don't mind that because at the end of the day, like you have to make the movie for everybody. You can't expect everybody to have seen WandaVision. It's just like, all right, if right. you didn't see yeah. it, like you're fucked. Like, no, they have to do it, but you know, they find a good balance of like, okay, if you did see it, you have a lot more context into where she's at as a character and like the things that have led her to do what she's about to do in this movie. But it's also good to be just like, all right, let's, let's hit the ground running. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna spend like half the movie setting up this villain. It's like, no, boom, right away. She's full bad. Well, yeah. And they, they allude to all those like emotional beats we got in WandaVision of the kids, you know, they, they come back to the kids a million times in this movie. So we, we get all of that, that she wants her kids and they're not real. What was really weird though, was we got no vision at all. Yeah. Like, not even a, a men. Well, I guess a, we did get a mention. You know, she, she mentioned you get that emotional beat of how she, you know, to kill him. Mur- she had to kill. Yeah. So you yeah. get that. Those, those are like the two critical things that excuse her as being a villain, a villain essentially. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Cause like, I kept thinking about how, like, you know, in, in phase four, um, we can't shake the events of infinity war and Endgame. Like it's not a full reset. Like these characters are still very much reeling from that story. And I, I really, you know, it's, it's, it just makes you like, stop and be like, man, the size of this thing, you know, to have this like huge story being told in this way, this is essentially like the biggest television show of all time. Right. And you can't jump into this episode without having an understanding of what happened in like the major season finale of the previous season. You know, it's, 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 you can, you know, they, they do enough to like catch you up and you can like fill in the gaps in your head, but that's a moment where it's like, Oh, this is a direct callback to a major moment that this character face that is informing how she feels right now and which and why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah, they they only tell us exactly what matters. And I know this is Feige's doing, plus the writers here, and of course Sam Raimi's doing a great job, only giving us only what matters. 
all those events of Infinity War, sure, whatever. But all that matters in this moment is that Wanda had to kill her husband. Yeah. And that's what she says. None of, all the other details don't matter. Right. And if you want to watch WandaVision, it's right there for you to kind of sure. give. Like, that's something that I love is like, there's probably people who watch this movie who really loved the Scarlet Witch character here because Elizabeth Olsen's performance is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best performance in the movie by far. She knocks it out of the park. And then they're going to be like, I should check out that show because I really like this character in this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it kind of, it goes both ways. You know, it's it's not just like you have to have watched the show before the movie. It's like, ne- no, maybe ne- that this movie is going to entice people to go back and check out the show, right. which I really, I really like. Um, so I think the next big thing is when she attacks Kamartaj. So awesome sequence, loved everything about it, the peril, the intensity, how she starts to infiltrate these people's minds to break the shield. Just love the hell out of it. Also love how Raimi is choosing to visualize the magic, the sorcery, because in the original Doctor Strange movie uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, he set a certain tone um, or a certain idea for how the magic was going to be visualized that carried through when the Russos picked up the the you know the baton with with the sorcery in uh infinity war etc and i think that this this still has the same like visual general visual concept because they can't deviate too much from that but i like that raimi chooses to simplify it a lot and you get a lot less guys like waving their hands around in circles <laughs> right? <laughs> really fast. Yeah, you get, I mean, you get that like Deathly Hallows moment where everybody comes together to like make a shield, right? And they're all not just like spinning their hands the whole yeah. time. So one thing I, I want to add on to that because it, it didn't start there too. So to me, I see this different type of magic as character development for Strange, right? Mm-hmm. As somebody who's, when he pulls out a spell that we haven't seen before, that kind of tells you, oh, he must have read this book somewhere. You know, he did this thing. It started off with Defender Strange using only the defensive spells, like an ice spell and like yeah. a cage spell, which is really cool. And then during that uh, initial fight sequence after the wedding, when he like summons like the head of a monster to like oh. grab the beast and he like summons hands like and the he chains. also just the, the yeah, like the the chainsaw thing, like the table saw. Um, I By really the way, that. yeah when he kills that thing by impaling it in the eyeball and we get the eyeball flying out of the socket with the, like the, the nerve, the nerve still attached to it. I was like, Sam Raimi, you motherfucker. You are back, baby. Yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah. (laughs) That whole sequence too. Like that's how you do it. I, I love Spider-Man. Uh, no way home. I think that's a really, really entertaining movie. But the final fight, I it was really hard to tell what was going on. It's dark. The, it, there's no like contrast between the characters and the background, um, and that that starts to happen a lot of times in these movies, you know. And I think Shang Chi like it tried to do something more interesting with like the dragon and stuff like that. And at least that one was in the daytime. But I mean, we've gotten some atrocious CGI. The the final battle in Black Panther is like inexcusable to me. Like right. there is some awful, awful CGI. This movie, 
has very little of that uh, in terms of like these big sequences like that. Um, and that tentacle monster battle, like it's, it's, there's, there's color, there's good framing. It's in broad daylight. There's contrast. Like you can tell the, you, if you just give a director who knows where to put the camera and how to move it and how to light things and how to stage things, like it really makes a big difference. Right. Yeah, and I same totally goes agree. for the the attack on Conortage. I think it's the same deal. You know, it's it's just a really good understanding of like the geography of of the of the space and how she moves in there and the intensity of the attack as it kind of moves closer in. Um, yeah, really, I thought really she good was. Stuff. I, I thought she was going to like overall. I was a little underwhelmed by just the power of the Scarlet Witch. I came into this thinking it was going to be, she was going to be even more powerful than she was here. There was like the leaning into the horror elements, which was super fun. So like, I thought she was just going to be able to blast right in there, like right from the get-go. She she, she basically could. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, she could, but she did the little mind control stuff. She gets in, but the really cool part there is when she, she makes it in and then she steps on a trap set by Strange and Wong I really like that sequence where she gets trapped in like a little mirror dimension. That was amazing. I super, super cool. And then not only that, but she uses that to then appear in the reflections because she was in one of those little mirror dimensions and then figures out with her witchcraft, how to use that uh, to attack them. Yeah. Super, super cool. That's actually an evil dead callback, specifically the moment where the glass becomes liquid that's a direct uh, Evil Dead okay. callback. So there's a little, there's a lot of little things like that. I haven't, sure. I haven't seen Evil Dead, um, but I'm like familiar with it. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to finally check out those movies and like be able to, to find all the little things that Sam Raimi is putting here, calling back to those movies because there's a lot of it. Um, but yeah, even, even when she climbs out and she's all distorted and she has to like, you know like break her body back into shape yeah i guess i read that as her like needing to fit into the small space to to get out of that window yeah um yeah all that all that was really really cool like the the sorts of power she's able to use and just how scary it is and and again how it's like witchcraft this isn't something that the kamartage is like ready to deal with and they establish i i like how they establish in wandavision at the end that she's stronger than the sorcerer supreme yeah. But but Doctor Strange isn't the Sorcerer Supreme. He's something right. else entirely. It's Wong. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Wong. I have my I have my little friend here. Yeah, we got a we got a cat uh, cameo. My my cat Iggy is here to comment. Speaking of cameos, the next section is the Illuminati section. So uh, they decide to, uh, you know, basically break glass and pull the 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 alarm. And uh, America opens up another portal and her and Strange crash through the multiverse. And we get this amazing sequence of them just falling through so many different universes. I really wish, like one of the things that I wish this movie would have done is to just pause in at least one of those universes just for, for a little bit for a little like really cartoony like what's going yeah. on because yeah. you're just moving so fast you're seeing so many different things it's just like a really like 
mind blowing. It's basically the moment from the the first Doctor Strange movie where the ancient one like opens up his mind right. and so he trips balls. I was gonna say that. I think it's I think it's just that first Doctor Strange movie where we get like our introduction to those like really crazy visuals and of yeah. course, yeah, pushing him into the astral plane. I we didn't get all like as much of that here. Like it was kind of spread around. And to me, that was like the sequence of the movie, right? And they're right. trying to make you feel as as jarred as the characters would be, you know, having to go through those dimensions and how it makes you sick. You know, obviously, <laughs> like the trope of the character, like throwing up after, oh, you're not used to this, right? <laughs> um, I just, I wish they would have paused uh, at least in one. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know why they didn't, if they could have just done like a little, not even five minutes, like two minutes, a quick little sidestep into uh one of those insane multiverses or like the uh, paint one just stay like in the paint one for like 60 seconds or like an end credit scene or something like that they could have done yeah uh, coming back to the paint world but i yeah. i love that i thought that that was so cool i i when this movie comes out on streaming i'm definitely gonna like watch that and like pause it and like see yeah, the, little, yeah. the little uh flashes of different universes that we get there so but then so they yeah, land what yeah they're so so they land there right and they start to experience this i don't remember the code for this they come from earth 616 mm-hmm. and now they're in this alternate reality which america has 838 which america has not been at i think yet and you yeah. have like the juxtaposition of like all like grass growing and plants growing on the sides of buildings but then you have the people of this world are all dressed like really bland mm-hmm. and they all have and whites. I, I saw yeah. some detail of, you know, they, they all have umbrellas because in this world, there's like clearly some sort of weather control going on. Right. And then you quickly learn what you're going to get into is that this world has the Illuminati. Yeah. With, so, like, so we, we get to this world and it's like, I don't know. Part of me is just like thinking like, really, this is, this is how mad the multiverse is. We just have like plants growing on buildings. That's all we're really going to do. Um, the grass so is always greener, like, right? Yeah. I was just thinking like, man, that, you know, this could have been a better situation, but Hey, they have pizza balls. Time to deliver Time. a pizza ball. <laughs> and we get pizza Papa, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Great little cameo there. Um, and uh, then they walk over to the sanctum and there's a statue of Strange who supposedly gave his life fighting Thanos. And we get the return of Chiwetel Ejiofor as Baron Mordo, who um, he poisons their tea, knocks them out, and then has them brought to what is some kind of Baxter Foundation facility. And as soon as we see that, it's like, oh, shit, this is happening. Baxter Foundation. That's the Fantastic Four. Right. And, you know, if anyone has seen the trailers, they know that one of the trailers of this movie teased um, Charles Xavier, Patrick Stewart reprising his role. So they had already tipped us off to that. And, you know, you get the Ultron bots kind of coming in and and leading Strange to the, the Illuminati. And at this point, you know, you're getting the you're getting the feelies. You're getting the 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 little uh, butterflies in the tummy of like, all right, here we go. What's going to happen. What are we about to see? What are we about to get? And 
you know, this is when I think that people, I don't know if this is specifically this scene, but this kind of section of the movie, I think a lot of fans had like way too high nerd expectations for what we were going to get. Like there were okay. people saying that like Tom Cruise was going to be in this movie as Iron Man or something. Iron yeah. Man. And now there's like people that are like upset that we didn't get that. Like it's, well, we, it, we it got blows the, my mind. So really quick running through it. So it's, it starts off with, uh, we have, we have Baron Mordo who then introduces uh, Black Bolt, which is yeah. super exciting. Which, which I was Black- like, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> he, he was in, he was in some show, like the same the casting played back Black Bolt in, in Humans. Which but is here, by all accounts, a horrible, terrible show. Like shocking that they are acknowledging the existence of that show by this guy reprising his role. Right, but that's that's the thing about this is that's Feige. It dude. just it just he doesn't matter. This. Well, that's the to me that's the madness of the multiverse. Yeah, it's just it's just being able to bring these people in, and it doesn't matter if they die. Right. Right. So before we get there, so you have you have Black Bolt. You get introduced to Captain Carter, mm-hmm. who we um, saw in What If. Who we saw in What If, like basically the exact same thing there. We got Captain Marvel played by if Let's if her Shauna uh, Lynch. Who's yeah, her friend so in the movie. If she was the one who who received the powers there, mm-hmm. which all you know that checks out, whatever. And then we get the ultimate fan casting. So I don't give a fuck about Tom Cruise because yeah. we got John Krasinski as uh, Reed Richards. John what do you think about Krasinski that? as Reed fucking Richards. I was like, I was like, what? I I like shouted in the theater. I was like, what the fuck? Like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the mind fuck of this movie. I mean, I thought his performance was just very. It's I was odd. really happy to see him. His performance was super odd because Reed Richards is supposed to be like the smartest fucking guy in the world. Yeah, that's clearly, how Mordo introduces him. He says the smartest man alive. Right, right, and that's why we have you know that's that's why this Earth that they're in is so you know advanced with these weather systems and all these plants. Clearly, but his performance it didn't come off as. It's, it felt very forced. Like yes. he's he's like he was like trying to be overly calm. Like he was trying to act really smart, and that didn't work. It just for me. It it really that really took me out of the movie because all I could think about is like, oh my god, these people listen to the fans on the internet. Like they didn't make a decision based on like who should actually play that character. They made so, a decision based on like millions of people on the internet going full nerd crazy (laughs) well again this this literally is a a one in a million indicator of if any of these characters will return in our universe in some way yeah so i i obviously there are a couple of those for sure we're not going to get there's no way xavier is going to come back no way i think this is it's a very particular like animated x-men animated series that he was reprising there Yeah, they they even have the little yeah patrick stewart is just a slut who loves money he's a king and we love him got lots of money (laughs) uh so we we have a little bit of that so they they explain to our dr strange what happened with their strange how he wasn't really a hero he was a member of the of the illuminati a member of the illuminati to kill him um, I think the sequence of him dying is really cool. You get to see Black Bolt uh, I'm in action sorry. there. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was and great. It, it amplifies. I really, really catch, like that. Did you catch the Thanos, the 
Thanos corpse yep. in the corner sword. And it, like looking back at it later, like I checked online, he was missing one of the infinity stones. Oh, so, so they got to him early, I guess before he was yeah, so especially before the snap. They, they explained that like Dr. Strange, um, defeated Thanos using the, the dark hold, which is what Wanda is using. No, wasn't to... it the book of Vishanti? Didn't it end oh. up? Use the dark hold to then, then they use the book of Vishanti to defeat their enemy. See, believe, a lot of this stuff, was. sometimes I start to disassociate during these movies. Good. And a lot of this stuff just like fully goes over my head. Cause it's just like, I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. I mean, like going going back to this is a callback to if you listen to the Jumanji episode, like I'm a big board game fan and yeah. the rules of the board game and you know the rules of a universe are are not so different, right? Yeah, and the the opening chunk of the movie, like going back to my point about like me saying it was bad, I think that a lot of the stuff in the beginning of the movie is just like a lot of setup about this stuff, and it. I was not like retaining any of it. So I think that that's kind of why I felt that that opening chunk was bad because it's like, there's a lot of dialogue communicating these things, the, the book of Ashanti, the dark hole, all these things. And I just like, my brain just like was not <laughs> absorbing any of that information. Right. Um, but with the, the Illuminati here, basically the gist of it is that, he strange sacrificed an entire universe to kill Thanos. So we don't know how much of a threat this, this Thanos must've been a multiversal threat for that to have been the case. Right. Not necessarily. I think it might've just been some like dark old shenanigans that got him there. Okay. You know, he had to, but I mean, you, you could be right. I, I just don't know. Or maybe that went over my head too. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I, yeah. Cause I think that that's that's really like one of the 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 key points that they're trying to arrive at is that Doctor Strange like he basically I might be wrong I'm pretty sure that's right he sacrifices an entire universe to kill Thanos and then because of that they have to kill him and now they have this understanding of Doctor Strange being a uh a liability, a threat in every reality. Every right. version of Doctor Strange in the eyes of the Illuminati is now a potential force that they need to deal with and take out. But then but then we get uh, Xavier's moment of... So I think so, some of the characters go... At this point, some of the characters go off to fight Wanda, who's, who's coming on in, right? She's here yes. because she's like shadow walking in this version of herself yes. so this kind of logic is allows characters to not multiverse jump but maintain their motivations and act on them in this other universe oh, sure. it, she, right. she's like possessing the body of another version of herself. right so it works in this this horror motif is like all working out great right yeah. up to this point so and she has a the robot blood all over herself. So it's not real blood, but she still looks like, like the, like Carrie and Carrie, right? Yes. Like covered in blood. And uh, so, right. So a, a bunch of the uh, Illuminati go to fight Wanda and Xavier stays behind and is like, whispers to strange, like, no, 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 you got it. Yeah. 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 Go over here and, and do it. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. You, you, the, the other version of you built a fail safe or some kind of, of pathway to get to the book. And it's like buried underneath this facility. 
Yeah, so um, just, despite Xavier's death, he gets a, a little, like, redemption moment of just pushing the story along. Exactly. Right, which is nice, yeah. Um, so the so, fight. So this, this moment, I'm really still just, my head is still spinning from John Krasinski. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this right, guy clearly right. shot his scenes by himself and then got, like, grafted onto this movie. Like, none of these people... We're in the same room together filming this at all. Well, maybe, maybe a couple of them. Like maybe they got, maybe they did get uh Xavier, uh Patrick Stewart, um, Haley Atwell. Like, you know, maybe a couple of them were able to be paired together. Well, yeah, you're you're right. There's nothing telling us that they were in the same room at all. And yeah, well, unfortunately, Krasinski, like there was yeah. just something about that performance that very much stuck out to me as like them trying to build upon the hype of uh toby Maguire and andrew garfield in mm-hmm. uh spider-man no way home and it's just like i don't know i might be totally wrong but to me it smelled of like he definitely shot that like three months ago like <laughs> right right like they they could have injected anybody there right like just yeah. they're like oh, we'll cast it later and then they could just like superimpose it in whoever yeah. it was which is interesting because his, like, his his body was so disconnected from his head yeah <laughs> like just the look of it too before he even fucking stretched right and i think that like it kind of it boggles my mind a little bit because in the comic books the illuminati has reed richards in it like he is a key part of that team or of that group and if from the beginning of this of making this movie you know that the illuminati are going to be in it you have to be thinking about reed richards like how could you not so i don't know it could go either way it's it's certainly possible that maybe they had the other reed richards from the old fox movies um i think his name is ewan grofford if you, I, no if I pronounce it correctly and they just like basically gave him the boot and put Krasinski in there. So I'm still thinking about that. I'm just like, God damn it. Like, this is a, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea of fans casting movies. I think it's a fun thing, especially because of what happens because they all get killed. And it's like, we don't know for sure if this is going to stick around for the MCU at large, but I'm just thinking in my head, like some of the best casting decisions were frowned upon by the fans like Heath Ledger as the Joker being one of the key examples people were livid that Mm -hmm. that he was going to play the Joker in in the Dark Knight and then he won an Oscar for that movie and he remains like one of the greatest comic book performances if not the greatest comic book Mm -hmm. performance of all time so like the fans should not get a say in these things. Like there's not a good track record of like the fans aligning for the correct choice. Even in this franchise, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, they were not chosen by the fans at all. And they turned out to be the perfect people for those roles. Yeah, I mean, I, like, you're right, like, statistically, yeah, but I mean, who, who really knows? And, and again, like, I mean, I, I like in these movies when they have the guts to kill someone. Like, exactly. I can't, like, 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 take Star Wars, for example, where they don't have the guts to kill Chewie. Right. right? Oh, you know, like, so, something out. that could be, you know, I, not that I want to see Chewie dead, but, 
Well, they go you know, there and then they immediately backtrack. And, like, and they back. Yeah, they back it. Awful. So in, in these movies, when they kill people. So what I really like about this is like establishing the multiverse that you could have these different types of people or different versions of people and then killing them. So you, you get a little bit of that emotional blow of these people dying. But then if you think about it for a sec, you're like, this is just another universe. Right. This right. Just, it, d- does it really matter? Which is that. When that started to happen, when you get the mo- the line of like what mouth and Black Bolt doesn't have a mouth anymore and his head fucking blows off. I like sat up in my chair and I was like, this is fucking amazing because I was I was going from like, oh, here we go. Like, this is stupid. Like these fucking cameos. Like, what are we doing here? What is what? <laughs> your, your average movie watcher is thinking to themselves, oh, Black Bolt, like they're trying to they're like because his name is like black and bolt again or whatever black so they're like trying to remember Boltagun. his name they're like they're like fuck another character like i have to think about and you know blah 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 but then of course like you get no information like about him they, they mentioned like the the terrigen mist which is really cool and, yeah like, but then yeah so i what i what i wanted out of this movie is like what we got it's like scarlet witch fighting the illuminati right this yeah. is what i who are paid- supposed to be like some of the most powerful beings right so overall, like the, the Black Bolt death, I, I don't think I needed to see that, but I, I did need to see that. That was amazing. It was very graphic. Super yes. graphic. Yes. His head pops. Yeah. Like, and then all the other ones, like Captain Carter gets the shield sliced through her and it's like bloody on the wall. Reed Richards, like it's like spaghetti and then his yeah. head pops off. Like. Hell yes, that's amazing. You know, you get that one moment to get like your nerd feelies of like, hi, you know, I recognize him. You know, that's that's that guy from that one thing. Xavier head snap mm-hmm. like, fuck. Yes, that's amazing. That's Sam Raimi just being like. I am going to fuck with you. I'm going to fuck with you. So do you think there's a conversation that happens before this with Feige that's like. How far can I take this? Yes. Because I think in the script, probably in the script is like Scarlet Witch kills the Illuminati. That's probably like all it says. Um, I'd be interested to see exactly what the script for this movie looks like, because I feel like these movies, like at a certain point, they. They're changing things like very, very late into the game. Um, the more we talk about it and the more I'm like removed from the movie in time, the more I think we're not going to get any of those characters in the Illuminati as we saw them. Yeah. The only one I think about is Reed Richards because we have a Fantastic Four movie coming out. It's announced. But I, 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 I feel like there's a chance it's like that's the one like, yeah, maybe we'll get him as Reed Richards. But I feel like he could be recasted after what we're seeing here of just everybody yeah. kind of getting thrown away. I there's a there's a there's a world in in which I wouldn't mind him sticking around if they recalibrate his performance because I didn't really like him in this movie. I think he was very wooden and he was just not right for that character. It was just kind of like a like a fun thing for the fans that have been clamoring for it. But I think that if they like Feige, you know, he does he can do his Feige thing. He can take something that hasn't worked before and make it work later on. Like right. that's, that's just what he does. So, you know, even if this isn't, you know, like I mentioned earlier, an instance of 
Spider-Man or Black Panther being introduced in Civil War and being like perfectly introduced from the jump. This is kind of like the opposite of that, like a little bit of a stumble. I, you know, there's a reality in which like, you know, you can still retool it. You can still refine it, especially because um, there's a there's a real possibility because he says it, at least this variant of Reed Richards says that he has kids. And if they in the movie, the new Fantastic Four movie, if they introduce Reed and Sue's kids, that kind of changes things a little bit because you can have a Reed Richards played by Krasinski that is different, that is more of a of a dad figure, that is a little bit more weathered and isn't, you know, exactly the, the Reed that people are expecting. And maybe you can put the focus on the story a little bit more on the kids. Well, that, that line is really deliberate and critical of him him saying, and of course that performance was like, really wouldn't like you're saying, but he's like, yes, I have kids because Kang is a descend, descendant of Reed Richards, right? So it's oh, just, it's yes. just, a, it's a, a closing a little bit more of that loop. I almost thought we were going to get Jonathan Majors here uh, with a, mm. as a Kang variant. No, there was, in in my eyes, there was no fucking way that they, there was so much going on to like put Kang in here is too soon. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think that like some people, you know, I don't, I don't fully agree with this, but I, I think there is some truth to this, that like, there's some frustration around the Kang thing because way back Avengers one, the post credit scene, we got Thanos. And every so often, there was a little bit of an advancement, right? Even if it wasn't directly Thanos, like there was some kind of connection to an Infinity Stone or something. Like that is what kind of, that, that was kind of the through line of all of those movies. And now in phase four, like, I think that we're kind of fumbling around in the dark a little bit Mm -hmm. for what the next version of that is. And I think a lot of people thought that would be Kang when we got him at the end of Loki. And there doesn't seem to be that through line, at least that we can see. I think maybe the closest thing to it might be something like Young Avengers, how they're introducing all these younger characters. Yeah. They may team up in some way, but they're, there's like this kind of lack of like a broader, you know, connective tissue through all these. Well, I, I think you make a good point in like a couple of ways. For, first with the Kang thing, that through line is, yeah, it's, it's a little fumbly, but I think it's just more subtle, right? The Just the Reed Richards comment about his son is enough of a mention. That is a huge tell yeah. for Kang, right? On the other side of that, like what you're saying with Young Avengers, then you have the Black Knight stuff with like Kit Harrington. It's like a so lot of kind of I, I, separate things. It and it it very much is. I think I read this somewhere. I I don't remember um, that that's very deliberate. That instead of just the single Thanos throughline like we had before, it's multiple things. Yeah, but it's it's starting it's starting to feel jumbled. So the next part of the of the movie is the um is the uh, the chase the chase through the sewers. Yeah, I was, I don't know. What, what did you think about that? Loved it. You loved it? Absolutely loved it. Um, it just has, again, that energy, that style. 
of uh, Sam Raimi, like doing his thing. Obviously, there's some corny stuff with like the doors closing and her getting trapped between each door. Well, this but. this really speaks to like our differences and sensibilities and what you and I are thinking about. Because as much as I want to connect with like the directing a lot, I don't have the mind for it like you do. So for me, I'm like, why the fuck isn't Wanda just blasting through? Right. And she's like walking very slow, like she's a zombie to... Yeah. Kind of like and the camera's the like zooming into her face. Like it's doing there's that there's a, a very like rainy shot of the camera just kind of ramping up really fast up, kind of, you know, kind of so, it, it, it almost like it's like a like a ghost that's like possessed that's yes. floating through. So all that, yeah, all that like you know, first person camera stuff yeah. is great. But I think where this movie is at its best is when it's not sacrificing the powers and the magic. For the directing, for example, we'll get into it like the zombie strange where you get you get the same Raimi. Everything works. But for me, this is where the balance was not. It, it didn't right. connect. Yeah, I feel that. I just I like the fact that I could tell that they were filming in a in a real set. Okay, like they okay. really built they really built that set and they were r- running through, you know, it looked real. It wasn't in front of a green screen. So I well, was I, all in on that. Right. And I do really like when they get to the, uh, they finally get to the door. Like they, they, they get, you know, they close the big door that keeps Wanda out of there or whatever. And strange is trying to open this lock. And she's like, you know, nobody was able to open this except for this world's Dr. Strange. And I like how he's like trying to open it up with his magic before he realizes he needs to use the watch. Yes. Yes. And, uh, then at that point, um, I think after that, that's when we get to the other universe where we see the the quote unquote like evil strange, right? Right. So the so they they make it into like this kind of uh, I think they call it like the space between worlds. Oh, where the like book that, is, yeah, where the, where the book is, and the book gets destroyed. Um, but there's like a little part there where you see like strange actually does get a glance at one of the pages and that actually informs like his like defeating of Wanda later on. But anyway, right. so yeah, so they get to this, I guess this, was this the universe that was destroyed or just had its own yes. incursion incursion. So this is a whole thing. So the fact that they're talking about incursions is a setup for secret wars. So Secret Wars is this huge Jonathan Hickman written comic book that basically has all of the different multiverses colliding in on themselves and they're all going to be destroyed. And it's it's a it's a race to save all the universes. And uh, that's what this is teasing. So this. Yeah. What they go to is this incursion, this these two universes that have collapsed in on themselves. Um, so already I'm like setting my eyes on like, oh my God, they're, they're going to do secret wars, which like, you know, the, the cynical side of me says that like, this is only more fodder for the nerds that are like, oh my God, we're going to get Ben Affleck back as daredevil and Hugh Jackman is Wolverine and Eric Bana as Hulk. And it's like, like they really thought that that was going to happen in this movie. Like they're all upset. That we oh, didn't okay. get like fucking, you know, Deadpool and Tobey Maguire and like all of our old friends back together. The promise of a Secret Wars movie is like 
kind of kicking down the road, the the can down the road on that a little bit of them being like, all right, it didn't happen in multiverse of madness, but it's definitely going to happen in secret wars. Um, But I've heard great things about that comic book and I'm actually going to go back and finally read it. So I'm going to read all of, I just started Jonathan Hickman's uh, fantastic four and I'm going to read his whole fantastic four run. And then I'm going to read his Avengers run that, that leads into secret wars. Uh, Cause I've heard great, great, great things. Like he's a really, really talented writer. He did the new reboot of X-Men. Uh, I don't know if I've talked to you about that before, like the newer X-Men comics. No. Um, yeah. So this was like a couple of years ago, I think like maybe 2018 or something like that. Uh, he, they, they Marvel tasked him with doing like this massive reboot of X-Men after they entrusted him with these, with the secret wars thing. And it is like some of the best comics I've read in a long time. I actually like went out and bought the physical comics at the, at the store. So I, um, I yeah, I was just Googling it. Cause I, I don't know too much about secret wars, but I know a little bit more about like the battle world side of it. Yeah. Which must be, I mean, is that just one side of this whole secret wars thing is like the Dr. Doom, like battle world. It's all connected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read it. You'll have to ask uh, Harry, who's the comic book expert. He can yeah. give you the full lowdown. But once I actually read it, I can give you a more kind of deep dive on it. Um, but I've I've just heard it's like really, really well written. And it just has like that really high level, like crazy comic book it's, shit. It's insane. I, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to say anything for at risk of, of being wrong or spoiling something in the future. Um, but I, I, my context here is I play uh, a game called Hero Clicks, which is a uh, almost like a trading card game, but like board game with figures. Right. So and... this would be like Hero Clicks, the movie, essentially. Yeah. So there was, well, there was a whole set, Secret Wars Battle World. Yeah. And what I saw there like blew my mind. So if we get any of that, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's all the, it's essentially all the different variants of all the different characters just like coming together. It's, it's what every nerd uh, dreams about. It's fucking amazing. If they and if they pull it off, it's going to be huge. It's going to be massive, and that's kind of what this is teeing off. It's like it's like laying the seeds for that, which got me really really excited. But this world is it's there's it's desolate. There's nobody around, and he arrives at the sanctorum at the Sanctum sanctorum, which is visualized so well it's like by itself he walks in and the staircase is like leading into an abyss and he knows he's gonna face himself so i i love this whole sequence it's like it's it's eerie it's spooky it's just like everything is right by the way we haven't even mentioned uh rachel mcadams as christine palmer she's in here as well um along for the ride you know she actually gets to like come along with strange and like be part of the adventure and not yeah. be like relegated to the sidelines. And I think so he does great. really well, like playing, playing up what this relationship was like um, and how it's kind of, it's been the same in every universe that they just can't quite get it right. In yeah. Which is a great world. theme of the movie, you know, and, and Raimi has done this before. He did this in Spider-Man two, where Spider-Man, as you can see, my background gives up the suit because he, can't make it work with his the love of his life because he has to be spider-man so it's kind of like Raimi's kind of you know touching a lot of these themes that he did so well back in the day a little bit again of like oh like it can never work because and, i have to give myself over to this other thing but but what's really what i really like about this dynamic versus that one 
is it's more about the internal question of, am I happy? Yeah. And Raimi has, you know, or, or just the script or whatever has a lot of the characters ask themselves that, or you have uh, Cumberbatch asking some of the other characters that like, are, are you happy? You know, what, what is, what does happiness really mean? You know, once you're a superhero with these superpowers, is, is, is that all there is, you know, right. What's next? You save the universe, but you can't yeah. get the girl. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. That's a great theme to have in the movie. I really, I really appreciate that. So we have, we have a little bit of like the, the, the campy horror from, from Sam Raimi, like evil dead style, but then we get a little bit of this like absurd, uh, like abstract kind of horror with the, the sanctum sanctorum where you have stairs leading up infinitely. And he, he meets this other strange. Yeah. And, and the trailers set this up to be kind of the, the bad strange like you know we we saw what if there was like a, a kind of an evil strange in what if that became like the this um supreme strange or something like that superior strange whatever they called him and he just kind of amassed all this power so it's kind of evoking a similar thing to that but it, i mean at this point in the movie we know that wanda is the the big bad she just fucking killed the entire illuminati like right we know that it would be kind of a weird turn for this character to be uh kind of the the secret bad guy you know so it's it's played well where it's just like he just has this dark old uh this book you know and strange just needs it he just needs it from him so that he can um you know face wanda and this scene where they fight over the dark hold with the musical notes the music fight incredible absolutely loved it it was so cool again this is kind of what i was saying earlier about how raimi uh has a brand new idea of how to visually communicate the sorcery and it's still basically the same type of thing that we saw in the first doctor strange movie and and you know in in his subsequent appearances but entirely new like fully new idea and i know it's raimi like I'm sure on the page there was nothing about this playing out the way it did. And, and I know that Raimi probably saw an opportunity to be like, Oh, this would be a good moment to kind of like play around a little bit and explore like some, some, well, you know, it's, some fun stuff. I think you're right. Because think about where the, the inception of this is, is them setting up this set for this evil strange you have candles everywhere. There's tons yeah. of candles that get used later in the scene. You have like the piano, right? With all the sheet music. And to me, I wasn't on board for like the first couple seconds because it's really goofy and you have to suspend your disbelief in a different way, right? Just like you did at the beginning when you see Bruce Campbell and he's like punching himself in the face. You're like, oh, that's really goofy, <laughs> right? It's this camp, like distinctly Raimi, right? Yeah. Of what's happening. But once you do suspend your uh disbelief a little bit and you really get into it it's so cool it's so unique i know man i love it like i've never seen any of these movies try anything like this and i know that people aren't liking it like i've i've been, I've been seeing posts online of people knocking the some of the transitions you know some of the cross fade transitions that happen in this movie and they're like what the hell is this and i'm just like what the hell is this this is a director doing his thing like he's He's not fitting into the formula and he's trying weird, goofy shit because he can, because it's fun, because it's cool, because it's a comic book movie. And 
the fact that they let him do that makes me so happy. The fact that they're like, yeah, dude, go off, do a musical note fight, like go for it, man. And it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost like, uh, cause our strange throws out the first blow, right? He like picks up the note off the page and tosses it. It's, it's almost like he's thinking in that moment, this is how I'm going to trip up this other strange, but no, because they're the same person, right? You know, they come, it's, you know, like them, uh, you know, in arrested development, when like uh, George senior is fighting his twin oh, yeah. and they like, and they catch each other's punches. <laughs> it's like that sort of thing. Oh uh, yeah. And you hear the notes too, which is great. Like yeah, the, yeah. the sound design compliments the visuals. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then beyond this, you know, we kind of, they, they do the, the whole um, little ceremony with the, with the dark hole and the dream walking and, then we get another amazing just comic book ass moment. Like this is where at this point in the movie, almost this entire like second half of the movie, there's just so many, just like, I almost, I wanted to like, just like clap and cheer at like what I was seeing. We get a setup from earlier being paid off of when strange hides the body of defender strange Cut to lightning strike, <laughs> zombie hand emerge from the tomb of him possessing the, 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 the corpse strange in the main universe. And it's just like, this is, this is incredible. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. No, no wasted details. It's, uh, so it's, it's so, so good. So he, I, like, uh, uh, oh God, what's her face? Uh, she, she's fighting. He's like, cover me basically while I do this spell. And she's yeah. like fighting off the, the demon souls. like Which Luigi's is again, Mansion very style. evil dead. Right. Very evil dead. Uh, yeah. So then he, yeah, takes control of this uh, strange and gets over to the mountain where Wanda is. Yeah. And then he has to, he has to uh, kind of combine the demons into like something that he can grapple. That's another great moment is where she basically like, she helps him. She tells him like, Hey, you're the master of the mystic arts. Like you can control these spirits. You can do what you tell them. Uh, you can make them do what you, what you tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when he kind of just like fully embraces this new <laughs> decaying body. <laughs> that he's in and i'm just cackling at this point in the movie like i'm just like this is fucking awesome like we have our doctor strange possessing through the multiverse a dead version of himself as a as a zombie controlling these evil demon spirits around him which and and you had wong who previously said we can't teleport up there. Our powers don't allow us to get to the top of this mountain. He says, fuck that. Turns yeah. the demons into like wings, like a new Incredible. cloak. And this is this is what I'm talking about. It's combining the the magic, the scale of the magic with the raminess perfectly. Yeah. This to me, that sequence of him, like the zombie strange, like with the wings and the multiple arms, that is this movie. Like when I it's think about so this movie, good. that's what I see. That's the yeah. madness. That's the madness. Also, speaking of high fantasy, like you mentioned earlier, just this whole idea of this tower on this mountain that's like a throne to the Scarlet Witch with these like big, ugly monsters that are bowing down to her. That's fucking awesome. Like, I love that. 
Um, and it's also a good contrast to, you know, what we expect from these movies sometimes, you know, which is this big, explosive, messy CGI epic battle. It kind of grounds it a little bit where it's just like, no, it's just a couple of these characters up in this tower in the mountain. And it's a good change of pace stakes wise for this to be like the final confrontation of the movie and not think like, okay, how many fucking random demons are they going to have to fight? Like army of like faceless demons. Are they going to have to fight? Like, no, that's not what this is. This is just, right. it's about just these characters, just these people. And what I love the most about kind of like the climax of the movie here is that it is fully character based. It all comes down to Wanda and her journey and her realizing that even though she doesn't have kids, she never did because she, made them up all of the different versions of her that she sees um are happy they all feel loved and she has to accept that um and that's kind of like the 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 real kind of emotional climax of the movie which i thought was really good that yeah, somewhere I, out there her kids are loved um yeah i think i think the whole movie you, you might have expected this was the only outcome knowing how strong she is this was the only way to get her uh, was for her to realize her own evil doings, right? And, and like you're saying, but I, I like how she had her story arc closed and I like the way that they finished off Doctor Strange's story arc too of him helping America to embrace her powers and, you know, be who she really is and separating himself from the other Stranges. And, and in a way that's like, because if you introduce this idea of the multiverse to the world, you know, there's already like 7 billion people on this planet. I already don't feel like a unique human being. Yeah. And you're saying there's infinite people. It's telling, it's reminding you like that. I think like that's the, the Disney thing, right? It's like reminding you that you can be your own person. You can make your own choices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how the, that is delivered by Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch like covered in like zombie. Makeup. Zombie strange. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> It's, it's so great. Good. He's like, I, I wasn't I, sure. Yeah. He's like talking like through the corner of his mouth. <laughs> oh, so, so good. Yeah. It's great. Again, that's Raimi. Like he just wants to fuck with you. And he's like, you know, I'm going to have this incredible actor deliver like one of the most emotionally impactful lines of, of the whole movie, like through layers of <laughs> this zombie makeup. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. A, a quick thing about America Chavez is, um, you know, she, she, a lot of this second half of the movie, she is just kind of like, I guess the third, the last third of the movie, she is just kind of like, just sitting there, you know, Wanda like has her prisoner and there's not a lot for her to do. And I'm curious, like, I wonder how much they'll reveal about like the making of this movie, because I've heard that they were testing this movie. They were doing like, like uh, you know how they do test screenings as they're making the movie to kind of refine it. And apparently she wasn't testing very well and audiences were like not liking her character at all. And back to my original point about like some of those earlier scenes feeling like really rough CGI. I have a feeling that like they did extensive reshoots 
after some of these um, test screenings. I know for a fact that they did extensive reshoots, like that was reported on, but I don't, they don't say what was reshot. So you just kind of have to guess. And I have a feeling that like, if she was testing poorly, they must've gone back and like reshot some of her scenes with new dialogue. Sure. And I'm kind of wondering like, you know, how much of, of the character is intact uh, and how much of it had to be reshot. Um, yeah. Cause at, at the end of the day, what we got is a distinct lack of something with her. So right. if, if I were to break it down, her main, like the, the main part of her story and who she is, is she kind of goes into this memory bank, which, which felt a little bit forced right in this other, in this oh, other yeah. earth. that was a very and like, we need an exposition moment for her showed, backstory. <laughs> yeah. It showed what happened, you know, cause they, they don't want to do like flashbacks in these movies or anything. Right. So they just do these. So it's either the memory bank or it's like Xavier going into strange's head to show him what happened. You know, it's, yeah. it's stuff like that. Um, and it's all hazy. I mean, I, I can't imagine everybody's on board with her having two moms. I, I have to think that there's a lot of people who don't like the fact that there's like uh, a gay couple that's like the parents of this Marvel character. Yeah, I mean, there's countries where they just they will ban that completely. That that's what Disney does. They're like, you know, we'll have we'll we'll have a little 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 bit that we can easily like cut out for so we can show this movie in like right. Saudi Arabia and China. It's- it's so easy to just cut out that. And it's like the bare fucking minimum. Right. Exactly. I mean, the, the way that it's, it's handled is like fine. You know, they, they don't like try to make a show of it or anything. They're just like, these are her parents. Right. And that's, and that's perfectly fine. And but I could she see, cracks a portal open. <laughs> so I, yeah. So, but I, what I do really like at the end is how I, I think strange just reminds her that every portal she's opened up to this point had a purpose and so you as the audience are like, yeah, maybe her parents are like, okay. Like I thought all of that was really sweet. I thought we were going to see them. I was kind of bummed. We didn't get like any other, any note on that, on that subplot. Cause I was so, like, oh, maybe she's going to go look for them. Maybe that's like her next adventure. So this is like, she is now like a Captain Marvel character to the max. So right. we have this ex machina problem now where she if she comes through back, any universe, so this is this is a problematic character. So I think she's it's going to be a little bit of a take it or leave it situation. Either we get a bunch more and she finds her parents or we might just get very little of it because I don't think they want to redo what they did with with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Well, she if any character at any point has any problem, she can jump to a universe that can solve that problem. <laughs> theoretically yeah theoretically right so yeah it is a little bit you know kind of universe breaking but again i'll reiterate i like her performance i think she's good i think that unfortunately she has to do things like that aren't you know the best it's a lot of like again a, a plot mechanism um, so I hope that in the future, they're able to kind of utilize her a little bit more and give her a little bit more to work with. Um, but um, yeah, in terms of in terms of the 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 wrap up, I think with Strange, um, he is able to have a moment with uh, Christine 
And is that her name? I'm pretty sure that is. Her name. I can't. I just yeah, can't Christine remember. Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> he he's able to have a moment with her and and be like, uh, "I love you in every universe," which actually got a laugh in my theater when he said that, and I was like, "Oh boy, oh, <laughs> I don't no. think that was supposed to get a laugh." <laughs> but that was a good moment. That was a good moment when he, um, you know, is able to tell her like, you know, I'm just scared. I'm I'm scared, and I don't want to be with you because I don't love you, but because I'm scared that I, I love you too much, essentially of what loving you means for my, uh, my, <laughs> my sorcerer self. Um, and so that's a good moment where, you know, they kind of realize that they can never make it work. Um, and that they still care about each other, even if they're from different universes and, um, and then, yeah, then they're all back and and oh, Wanda like crashes the fucking tower on herself. And, you know, there's no way she's dead. Um, yeah, there's but that that's that's another one where it's like, I don't think that's coming back for a while, which, right. which I'm which I'm OK with. And yeah. we get a great like smash cut to credits with the third eye opening on his head. And he's basically like still possessed by the dark hold or something i guess we're supposed to yeah to... yeah so he so we have uh i i love it where at the end wong is like are, are you good bro like you did all that dark hold shit like you did <laughs> like that was some crazy yeah, smiling you took there um yeah and he's literally like yeah yeah i'm fine and and for, for me at least i'm like are you sure about that and then we get you know perfectly in terms of end credit scenes like that was a really good one just like just closing off that little thing like no he's not fine he is madness right that right. is the multiverse of madness yeah and then we get but the it's end- undercut immediately <laughs> by charlize theron showing up right and- so that's so that's clea who's like the daughter or niece of dormammu like it's just more more multi multiverse shit that's gonna happen later on which i i can't wait for we'll see i mean Remember that the first Doctor Strange movie ended with a with a end credit scene that never panned out. What was it? It was Mordo like being set up as a villain with a uh, that other character. Right. Well, by, um, well, that's back name. with our with our current Mordo is that he's I mean, he's for sure if anybody's to survive from that Earth, it's it's Mordo because he was the only one that survived in the Illuminati. He's, he's going to want vengeance, right? This is going to be like that crazy Baron Mordo at some point. Did he survive? I guess he did. Yeah. yeah like he literally, he was literally just like, he just was there. Yeah. He just like stuck around. Cause he had that little fight with strange. Yeah. And then that was that. So yeah, that's the movie. I really enjoyed it again. I think that the best parts about it are, you know, the the times that um Raimi gets to be Raimi. Um some of the story cho- choices I think were a little bit wonky, but I think overall it tells a, a good story about you know Doctor Strange and and Wanda. I think the the Wanda character they they did a really good job with that. I think some of the scenes with the kids were a little bit redundant, you know. I, I don't know if those actors are as good here as maybe they were in WandaVision. I think they're a lot better in WandaVision, but they barely get to do anything in this movie. Um, but I think Elizabeth Olsen's performance is amazing. She has like 
really good gravitas and menace combined. Like you're scared of her, but you also feel for her. So all that stuff I, I thought was great. It's all for her. It's, it, it felt really honed after yeah. everything she's done up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I kind of want to see more of her. Like I would, I would be a little bit disappointed if we don't see her again for a while. My, my theory yeah, is, really she'll come, is, is she could come back when the X-Men is more, is more of a thing in this world. Yeah. That's my thinking. Yeah. 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 I almost thought that there was going to be like a house of M type moment. That was something a lot of people were speculating is that in the comics, there's this art called house of M in which she takes away all the no more mutants yeah yeah and so they thought that the mcu's version would be the inverse where she's able to like create mutants i thought that we might get something from that um i i did want to mention again just how kind of um unfortunate it is to see so many people walk away from this movie disappointed because it didn't live up to their absolutely insane expectations of seeing like the X-Men and, you know, all these old Marvel characters coming back. Like people really wanted this movie to be like a cameo fest, you know, just like an endless like barrage of cameos from all these old movies that aren't very good, but for some reason they want to see again. It just like, that's not a movie. That's not a movie. This is a movie with a story. <laughs> right. There's so many Characters. ways this there's so many ways this could have gone. And the one thing we weren't going to get was everything all at once. Right. And that is totally unreasonable. And th- again, this is coming from me as somebody who has like high expectations for this and really wanted a lot out of it. And I left the movie, first of all, like kind of bewildered, right? Yeah. Thinking like, did I really just see Black Bolt's brain <laughs> melt? Best way to kill Black Bolt. So good. Fucking awesome. Also, but, uh, they gave him like the comic accurate like mask with the tuning fork on it. A little tuning fork, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that was just fucking awesome. Yeah, like le- leaving the theater, and I was like, yeah, a little bit of uh, brain melting going on in my own brain, but also thinking like, wow, that was sick. I I just got to see Scarlet Witch fighting Illuminati. I got to see Doctor Strange fighting evil Doctor Strange. Like we yeah. really we got all of this amazing stuff without it being too much of a shit show. And, you know, if we do end up getting mutants, great. If we do end up getting secret wars, that's probably going to be a trilogy on, on its own. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just have to see. And, and there's very slowly building up to that. There's, there's so much is going to happen before then. And I, so what's, what's next? Um, Black Panther or Thor two or Thor four and Black Panther two are the next ones. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think I think that, you know, I like that this movie was ended up being like a, a more of like a self-contained adventure. I really like that because for some reason, like a lot of the fans wanted this to be this big monumental movie for the overall MCU story that was going to have these massive ramifications and. I think a lot of them are walking away from it disappointed that it wasn't that and they don't see the the great movie that's right in front of them. Obviously it has it has a lot of problems uh within it that maybe keep it from being truly great, but in my opinion it's like you're getting Sam Raimi here doing some of the coolest shit you could see. 
in a superhero movie. Like just fully in his bag with weird, crazy, horror-infused visual ideas that haven't been in any of these movies. Why not appreciate the hell out of that, you know? And I understand that, like, you know, with, with the trailers and showing Professor X, they had it in their head to like, oh my God, if they're showing, if they're showing Patrick Stewart in the trailer, there's gotta be a plethora of cameos waiting for us. It's like, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe that's not what signifies what a movie is, is the, the quota of cameos. (laughs) We, we, we have to be okay with the fact that Feige's in it for the long haul and no one movie is is going to give us like everything. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the reviews for Multiverse of Madness on Google, like has like pretty good reviews, 75% of Rotten Tomatoes versus Endgame, which was 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's yeah. like surprisingly high for me. Yeah. But the, the reviews aren't bad. I think maybe what the people that you're seeing maybe like are like on Reddit or something and like all those Twitter. people are freaking out. Twitter, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if they speak for everybody. No, not at all. No, I think I think most people will go see this and they'll be like, hey, maybe a little too scary for little kids, but overall right. a fun time. Um, yeah, I would not take this is very PG-13. If you're like if you're out there with like a 10 year old nephew or something like that, maybe maybe wait. <laughs> yeah, very PG-13. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Little little ones like under 10. No way. I would I would say no way because there there's some very like intense stuff. <laughs> Is it right? Ramy here is like, all right, I'll, Disney, I'll, I'll trade you one use of the word damn for like a, a jump scare. And like blood. What, what, yeah, like multiple what can he jump scares into? and blood. Well, I don't think there's there's much blood other than like the robot blood. Right, 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 right. And then you I don't mean, actually. Implied, implied blood, you know, like the blood on the shield when it goes right, through right, right. Captain Carter. Yeah, it's very, it's super, super meticulous. Like all of this stuff is so, so thought out. And you're right. Like you're talking about reshoots and all of this stuff. Like just the the, the monumental size of these projects. Like I right. cannot wrap my head around. Yeah, right? All these processes that have to come together. Um, all we get is is the little bit at the end, which is like the two hour movie. And I was super impressed. I loved I'm it. I'm glad it was right around the two hour mark too. Cause we've been getting a lot of big movies. Like the Batman is three hours. Love yeah. the Batman fucking love that movie. But that was a three hour movie. I love that. Sam Raimi was like, I can get you out of here in two hours in and right. out. let's do it. And, and again, like this feels like kind of like a welcome home King type of moment because he, you know, he had a, a really tough time with Spider-Man three. The studio got in the way of what he wanted to do with that movie. He did not want to put Venom in that movie. They told him he had to. He didn't really have as much control as he would have liked. Movie came out. A lot of people were disappointed. And then he makes, um, uh, I guess, uh, Drag Me to Hell and um, Oz the Great and Powerful. I and like then he's Drag, done. Drag Me to Hell is awesome. And then he's done. And 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 so... You know, people were wondering, like, is he done for good? You know, did he have that tough of an experience on the giant blockbuster superhero projects that he did uh, a paycheck job for All's the Great and the Powerful, and now he's out. And it's good to see him back. It's like, 
thank you, sir. And, yeah, thank like, you for your service. He's back full force. I mean, apparently in those Spider-Man movies, like Bruce Campbell appears in uh in all of them, he cameos because he was supposed to be Mysterio and like some follow-up movie or something. So Raimi had these sensibilities that fit. Like I was asking myself, like, why was he chosen? And I think it's because of those things. Like apparently Raimi has like this specific car model and yeah. like beige that he has in every movie. And you know, that, that sort of stuff like really fits here. Right. There was one last thing I, I wanted to ask you um, going back to the point about, you know, this, phase four deal and like how there's no kind of major through line yet. Like back in, I think it was phase two. We had winter soldier give us the reveal of like Hydra being within shield the whole time and how like shield collapse because Hydra was controlling it the whole time. Do you think that they're going to do something like that? Cause I think that like people had, this idea of this movie doing something like that, but like with multiverse shit, you know, do you think that we're going to get a moment like that again in these movies in some type of way? Yeah. I think it's going to be separate moments. Like, like we were talking about before there's, I mean, uh, I'm super excited for all the Kang stuff. I think that's, that's the most exciting for me. And in this movie, I think we got like an image of the living tribunal, which I thought we were going to get in Loki. Oh, I didn't catch that. These, I'm super on board with like all like the big celestial beings, Galactus, like that's what I'm here for. Um, so anything about that is great. Um, of course, seeing, uh, you know, the end credit scene in Eternals, like I mentioned before. So I, I think we're going to get a couple big mic drops here before the end of phase four, but I'm not convinced it's one single through line. I think right. that's going to come even later. Right. Like, if it is like a secret wars type of thing where like everybody comes together, it's no longer this little Avengers group. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think, you know, I'm, I'm starting to lose patience a little bit with the TV shows. I think that I'll keep watching. Like we have Miss Marvel and she Hulk coming. Um, but I'm not really like expecting those to wow me anymore like loki is the only one and i guess wandavision too had really high highs but i don't know moon knight like didn't really well it i didn't I, really I do it for me i appreciate wandavision and loki for just their existence in the mcu and and what it meant for the story as a whole but moon knight i really like just as its own thing like i yeah it was I, very I watched separate. that whole thing it, it felt it felt like a whole separate thing i yeah. just loved watching Oscar Isaac doing really cool stuff. I mean, we don't need to talk about it too much, but the emotional payoff for, for that character and, and what he goes that through. That one I, episode. There was that one episode. It, it's like episode five or something. Yeah, and that's the episode. It's like if really you're ever good. worried you're ever worried about a show like that's not going to answer your questions or is going to answer them poorly, this one isn't like that. You, you get really fantastic answers to these questions and it's acted out really, really well. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm the opposite on Moon Knight. I, I was really into it. Um, where would you put Doctor Strange in your MCU ranking? I have it kind of in the middle right now. Um, I really liked it. Definitely better than like, like we mentioned at the top, like Eternal, Shang-Chi, Black Widow. Sure. Yeah. All that stuff like falls, falls a little bit lower, but relative to like the average list or maybe your list. 
um dr strange is going to be higher for me just because he is he's my favorite he's your guy this is my subject matter that i love i love the magic this is this is really high up there for me i mean i I think my favorite is still infinity war shout out to thanos thanos as like an awesome protagonist yeah i I, I still think infinity war is my favorite um but yeah really really great and I, i wonder what with what Raimi did, I really wonder what this is going to do for the future of Marvel movies. I think it's going to be big hits and big misses. Yes. That's the biggest point I think is that they are going to take more chances. They're going to let people take more swings because they can, because people are going to see the movies anyway. They're going to, they're going to turn up and then these movies are going to keep making money, you know, and they can afford to like, let the the chances be taken especially post end game because it, it really feels like everything at this point is just gravy you know like they did their big arc they had their massive just climactic finale and now we're just like we can just kind of ride the wave at this point and why not let people come in and do interesting stuff and maybe it's not always going to work maybe it's not always going to be exactly what you want but at least it's not like the standard cookie cutter stuff yeah, they could not sustain that for much longer. People would have actually got sick of that. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate you filling in for the boys. Uh, and I hope we can have you on again soon. I, I think next time it'll probably be for something non-Marvel related. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, let the people know if there's anything you want to plug or recommend or anything like that so all i want to plug here i don't know has has it been said on the podcast yet that ernie is now an engaged man oh breaking so, news baby. breaking news congratulations <laughs> to to ernest and lee for getting engaged thanks we're man. all we're all super super excited yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big old big old journey getting to the finish line of the wedding i can't wait off. for i can't wait for your mcu themed wedding Oh, I'll help you plan it. I'd rather die. <laughs> Lee would, she would divorce me immediately. Yeah, instantly. <laughs> She'd be like, in, I'm in every in every I multiverse, in every universe, you'd be divorced. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, like, and comment, and let us know your thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Also, become a donor. Brett over here is a donor. Join him and the other donors in supporting everything we do here. Anchor, anchor.fm slash mic and our website, webottomike.net. Uh, there's a link on the homepage where you can type in your email and you can get a notification to your inbox every time we upload an episode. So stick around for more. Um, we are keeping a pause on Robin Williams series for now. As we get through new movies, we still got the Northman and everything ever all at once coming at you. Um, also, uh, probably talk about Top Gun Maverick uh, coming right around the corner. So stay tuned for that. And then eventually we will get back to Robin. Um, so thanks again, Brett. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. We love you. Bye bye. <laughs>